Season 3, episode 11 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, Mark Stoll from California. Hello there. And back on the pod for the first time this season, um, from Norfolk, Nick Seal. Oh yeah, hello. Alright, right, let's let's crack straight into this. Um, yesterday's match, um, Nick, you were there, I were there. Mark, yep. you, you watched it on TV. Um, it's another draw. Another, another draw. Frustrating. Um, Nick, what do you make of the performance? Um, um, kind of laboured, I think. Um, bit slow, bit ponderous. Yeah, just we seemed to get the ball, move it, and then check back inside and just wait and wait. And it was just there was no urgency. A lot of crossfield balls. It was got a nose in front, and I hoped it would be enough to win, but um, it was a bit of a mistake. And then let Leicester right back into it. And after that. I think we kind of huffed up after a bit and run out of ideas. Yeah, a lot, a lot of square passes. You say a lot of a lot of crossfield passes, a lot of square passes. Um, the only player I don't I don't think he had a great game, but I think the only player that looked like he could thread a pass through and not always not necessarily always you know go for the easy option or, or go square was Ericsson. There was one point in the first half when he looked up and he thread a ball through directly to I think it was Sun. Possibly, yeah. Um, but yeah, just lacking in imagination and, and that creativity. Yeah. Mark. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree with what Nick says. I mean, for me, it's it's urgency. There's just, I mean, look at that City game. Shit, what well, isn't even a minute in, and we were just going at them. And it just seems to be a bit of a lethargy in our play at the moment. Our passes aren't really flowing as such everybody seems to need to take a couple of touches before passing the ball along I mean we got a goal yesterday and it almost seemed like half time came at a bad time because we were just starting to really pick up when the whistle went um, it's hard to know what what's going on but mm. just definitely the urgency the tempo isn't isn't fast enough it's, it's not good enough and it's and that's why we're not cutting through teams. And, and it's another you know? it's another draw. Um, you know, the last couple of pods have been fairly, uh, I don't know, not too critical of the team. And I've sort of been fairly philosophical about it, thinking that, you know, every team is going to drop a few points. And, and West Brom are difficult and, and in their own way. Um, and then for straight and Bournemouth gave us a bit of a game. But... Really, at home, should be winning your home matches. Leicester City, they haven't they haven't picked up any points away from home up until yesterday. And to get a third draw on the spin, it's not it's not good. Um, are there any no. any are there any positives any any positives that we can draw from yesterday? Nick, um, I'll come to you. Yeah, I mean, I think when he brought in Kudu for the last ten minutes, I wish he brought him on a bit earlier. 
Um, he looks like he had some, you know, he took players on. He tried to go one way, tried to go the other. He got he got a bit of width for us. He looks like a good player. He mm. also puts a put us a bit of shift in as well. I like the look of him. I wish, I wish he brought him on a little bit sooner. Um, yeah. So that was a positive for me. But apart from that, Danny Rose is outstanding. Not, I, I yeah. can say again. Um, but he's getting a bit predictable. Like it's like he's he's our width outlet, and it's like. Kyle Walker not so much yesterday, but Danny Rose a lot come through Danny Rose. He had a storming game, but it just seemed a little bit under some a bit predictable yesterday, that was all. I, I thought I thought he was our best player, but often I thought that he'd go forward and he'd try to get balls in the box and he'd look up and the only person in there, if anyone, was Janssen in the box, and there wasn't anybody else making that run in. So his options were options were limited. But for me I thought he was the best player. I thought um apart from his mistake, I thought Wanny Armour did really well. Um, yeah. and, and also with Wanyama so we know that he's a beast and we know that he you know, likes to break up play and all of that but one thing that I noticed about yesterday watching him was that he's got a real hunger for the ball, he's not one of these players that goes missing or, um, or doesn't want the ball, he kept demanding the ball which was really good Good to see, he's got that confidence um, I thought Deli Alley did quite well as well um, and I thought Janssen had a decent game. He had a decent game, and there were times when I thought, you know, he just wasn't getting a service. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Jansen's had a, a particularly bad game for us. I mean, his touch is fantastic. I mean, he re- how often does he lose a tussle with a central defender? I mean, he's this. He's two-footed. He's the speed. He's quick-footed as well. His awareness of everybody around him is really good. The only thing I'm wondering of Jansen and kind of the differences between Jansen and Kane is that I think with Jansen we're asking him to stay up top and to try and create space, you know, in front of the defenders for other players. Whereas Kane tracks back you know comes back a hell of a lot more and pulls defenders out of position and that then creates space and chances for our players so I'm wondering whether you know that that's making a difference to how we're playing and how we're able to open teams up as well because with Jansen they're just more capable of just sticking sticking to their back four you know their line of four um I don't know um I thought Yan was our best player yesterday. I think yeah. Jan Vertonghen has had his best run of games for the club since he's been here. Past six or seven games, he's been fantastic. I'd say that a positive is, again, is our defence and how solid we are. We just just need our attacking players to get to where they can be and we're just going to be awesome. But it needs to happen soon. So, we're, we've been saying this for... Yeah for games and games and games is we need to win the next game. We need to win the next game. And it's becoming more and more desperate. So you know? a, a, a couple of things um, that, that that come to mind was one, um, the goal that we conceded was, 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 was off the back of a mistake, a poor mistake from Waniyama. Um, you know, nine times out of all, 99.9 times out of 100, he wouldn't have made that mistake. The fact is he did. We conceded the goal, but it could have been very different. We also hit the crossbar twice. I think Deli Ali in the first half, and then um, the Tongan with his header. So again, it, the, the fine line between getting a point and getting three points. It could have been all, all very different. The other thing about the defence um, that you mentioned. Now um, we've still got the best defence in the league after ten matches, right? 
So that's five clean sheets, five goals conceded. Yesterday was the first one in open play. And it's also on the back of last season when we had the joint best defence. So it's not as if it's just suddenly happened all, all of a sudden. This is over a continued period of time. But the other thing to note is, as good as our defence is, and as few as goals as we've conceded, and the fact it's the best in the Premier League and all that bollocks, and, and that we're unbeaten, that would imply that if somebody was looking at it from the outside and they didn't, didn't know about football, they might look at it and think, oh, that means Tottenham are just one of these teams that go out and just defend and just set out and defend. The funny thing is, we don't. That's the irony. We're not a, um, a man in the rain, raincoat team or we're not a... Um, we're not one of these teams that just have a plan to, even a, a, a Mourinho team that have a plan to just frustrate and grind teams down and defend. We're actually always on the front foot, um, you know, pushing forward. We play with a high line. So it's not in our natural instinct to defend, yet we've got the best best defensive record in the Premier League, which is quite some, I think, achievement. And if we can just get get it... I know it's easier said than done, but or I'm saying the obvious. But if we can just start firing at the other end, we we'll, we'll be flying. We'll be flying. We're, we're creating chances, but we're not creating as many chances in the last three or four, three games, and we're not creating as clear-cut chances. You know, we're we're saying we're getting chances, but they're sort of longer shots or something like that. I think we're just. Yeah. I agree with Nick about Nkudu. I mean, I think it, the guy needs a lot more playing time. He's just positive, yeah. and he just seems confident. He doesn't seem overawed at all, and we need that. We badly need that, and for me, Son, Son is completely off form, and we're keeping him on the pitch thinking, well, you know, he can pop up with a goal, but that guy is completely off form. He moved from the left over to the right yesterday, what midway through the first half, and he just he just weren't in it. He just weren't in it at all, and he's been like that for a while now. I think it's time to uh, have him as a super sub and give somebody else a chance, like Nkudu. One yeah. one thing I don't know, Nick, if you picked up on this. One thing I noticed yesterday, I, I got the sense with Son, um, and I, and I like him. I wouldn't go as far as what what Marks said, but there were times yesterday where I felt he was just playing for himself. And he, yeah. didn't have, he didn't have an awareness of, of what was around him. I think I think he, he would like to, have, you know, he started the season on fire and he started last season on fire. I know he got injured last season, it's a bit of a different comparison, but he seems over the last two or three games to have faded quite a lot, actually. Um, I don't think playing for himself so much. I think he's, I think he was trying to take players on and try to do things, but it just wasn't happening for him at yeah. all yesterday. So, the other thing about yesterday, and I, I know obviously Mark. This would have come across on, on, on TV, but um, I don't know the extent to which it did. So one annoying thing was um, that Nick and I had to endure with the Leicester City fans and their constant singing and goading us and, and, and whatnot. Um, God. Yeah. Um, it's just... Oh, don't fuckers. Very tell cunts. The other I thing... Think, I think... I think also it needs to be mentioned um, what a complete fucking arsehole that, that ref was. That was my, sec- my second. That was going to be my second. Seriously, he was absolutely ridiculous. Bobby Madley. Absolutely ridiculous. Someone get. I mean, I'm so like, a lot of stuff, but did someone get. Didn't get someone poked in the eye or something, and I, I couldn't see it. I was really low down, but 
the whole place erupted. I know it wasn't good whatever happened. Yeah, towards the hoof, end. Hoof, of... hoof, hoof elbowed Sun. Yeah. It oh, was okay. blatant. Sun, Sun did one thick, one late tackle and got booked. The Leicester central defenders, both of them, must have been at least three incidents each. And they went away, walked off that first half without a card, I think. It was just, it was ridiculous. Ridiculous. And Mares as well, took ages to book him. The ref was just the worst I've seen. Yeah. Worst I've seen. And, and uh, it, was, it was Rose early on where he got, well, not early on, but there was um, quite a few um, challenges um, and shit that the Leicester City players were get, getting away with. And then... Um, Rose, I think he went in for a tackle, which in itself was looked okay. But then he, when the decision didn't go go his way, he complained, and then he just got a yellow card straight away, which was just fucking ridiculous. That referee, right? Either he was shit, or somebody had off, offered him a brown envelope before the match. Um, and for his sake, I hope he was just shit. I think he was just shit. Well, that that deal that deal with Rose shouting, all refs are doing that now. I mean, as soon as anybody kind of complains or anything, they're pulling that yellow card out. So it was all about the shouting for Rose because he shouted at the ref. It's some new, one of those new initiative crap that's going on. But yeah, he was awful. I mean, he he wasn't as bad in the first half, but it would have taken some going to have been as big of a fucking cunt as he was in the first half. So, you know, it's not really saying much. Um... So, yeah, it really pissed me off. They're so, like, niggly and dirty and shit. And, you know, that's it's exactly how they were last season. The only positive thing I'd say about it, and, and if you look at it, if you take it out of the context, if you put it in context, it's three draws, so that's three consecutive draws, so that, that doesn't reflect well. Positives are we're still only three points behind um, the... the the, the, the top four teams they're all on 20 or is it 20 or 23 um, and we're 23, 23 we're, we're three points behind that which you know at 10 get 10 games into the season that that's that's fine that's not there's no reason for alarm, alarm bells to ring um, the positive thing I say is that if you take last season you know they're a bunch of dirty cunts as you say and they frustrate and I was there at the game um, in January at the lane that we lost and we didn't deserve to lose that game and we huffed and we puffed and we did we played a lot better that day we ended up with 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 no points at all. Yesterday, um, I don't think it was as good as performance as we put in January, but they did exactly what they did back in January. They frustrated, but this time they didn't get the three points, and we got points. So that's the only any positive I say. It's always going to be frustrating against Leicester City, but you've got to you've got to break these teams down. You know, they're going to come and ask questions of you, whether that's West Brom or Leicester City or Bournemouth in their own way. You've got to break them down um, and if we want to go on and win the title or, or, or compete for winning the, compete for the league title we need to be we need to be doing that um, I had some questions around yesterday's match and just gen- the general sort of run of games we've had disappointing get games James Parr says is this as Poch says a bad period or is that him just taking um, is is that him taking the pressure to himself? Even though we are in quite quite, even though we're quite in quite a good position still. Yeah, well, I, think he's, I wouldn't say taking the pressure off himself so much. I think he 
maybe he sees the players and he's just thinking, I, don't, it's about, I just think it's a confidence thing, just a slight lack of confidence in the moment. So in that respect, he's probably talking about the performance in a bad period because like I say, we're unbeaten and fourth and all that stuff, great. But we're not playing as well. It's, maybe he's just trying to get a bit of pressure on the team, just saying, yeah, OK, it was a bad period, but we can get through this. Through it, we will get through it. But at the moment, I think confidence is a little bit low. It's like Mark said earlier: players are taking extra touches. They're not this a bit of you know. It's just not happening at the moment. But it'll come back. That will come back. Yeah, and it's going to have to. I mean, yeah, he's acknowledging that we're not doing as well as we could have. But you know, he can he can say, yeah, this is a bad period. But shit, if this is our bad period of the season, then we're still going to have a good season, right? I mean, yeah. it isn't a great suit. It isn't a great period. We've had definitely played some teams that we should be beating. We should be first or second in the table, really. We're capable of, of being in front. The games we've had, some of the chances we've had, all that kind of stuff. But what can you do? we just got to keep pushing on. And the games we've got coming up are going to say a hell of a lot about our season. And if we ain't up for them, then we can't really complain if we are, if we can't get fired up for those games and put it all out there. So we'll see. Um, Daffy McCready, apologies if I've not pronounced your name correctly. Um, with four draws and a loss in the last five games and with only three goals scored, are we in need of a change in formation? He goes on to say, personally, I think we are too one-dimensional and very predictable to play against. I think, Nick, you might have touched upon that earlier. Um, everything seems to go through the middle and sometimes we try to get a full-back to put crosses in. Once plan A doesn't work, we don't have a plan B and sadly we've been found out with Kane missing. Well, we've gone from 4-2-3-1 to 4-1-4-1. He's tried different different formations against different different opposition. Um, I don't think, don't think we need a change in formation, but I think he's, he's right. We, we do look a bit predictable at times. Um, it does appear to be a bit con- congested. I think the one thing that Kane brings you, other than the obvious, is goals, is the ability to get goals out of nowhere, which, which Janssen... Well, you could be harsh and say Jansen can't get goals in open play, which is very true, but Kane can get you goals out of nothing. He can pick the ball up, for example, against Liverpool last year away, um, out of nothing. Um, and Arsenal. Arsenal. And Arsenal, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh... It's completely different players. You know, like Mark was saying, Kane will drag players out of the way, and that perhaps gives that midfield more place to run into and Janssen's more holds it up brings people into play so it's a different kind of way but I feel he's it's not like he's missing chances at the moment is it? Mm. he's not getting any chances he scored he, he was going to say penalty yesterday he was confident to take it and he put it away but he's not getting chances he's not like missing them we're not creating anything for him so maybe he needs he maybe he's a player who needs wingers to get crosses in for him yeah we're not exactly. um, yeah so maybe we're not playing his strengths well, I mean that that's that turn and shot on the edge of the area yesterday was absolute class. Yeah. If that had gone in, that would have been an absolutely beautiful goal, and would have really set him off. But you know, he's trying stuff like that, and he's just going to get better and better. And I totally agree about maybe not playing to his strengths. I mean, 
We got Trippier on the bench. Why isn't he an option to bring on? He's the be- probably the best crosser of the ball we got in the squad. Mm. Why not bring him on? Defender, him and Trippier a crosser. I mean, that he would have loved. I think Trippier and Jansen would be a good little combination for if if both our fullbacks are going to push on and attack. Trippier sometimes is a better option on the right. And he, he always looks to put that early ball in. With Carl Walker, sometimes I feel that he just holds on to it for yeah. a bit too long, brings it inside. Trippier's looking to get that, get that ball in quickly. Um, and and I think if you've got players that are willing to do that, if you've got full-backs or wingers or you know whatever, somebody in a, in a wide position willing to put that ball in, and you, and you know as a striker they're going to put that ball in straight away, then you're going to adapt your game as such that you're going to make sure you're going to, you're going to know that ball's going to come in and it's going to come in quickly so you're going to you're going to you're going to be in the box or if you're a player breaking from midfield you are you know that that ball's going to come in quickly um, if you've got players that are fanning about then they like um, sometimes cross it they don't you don't know what you're going to do yeah. you don't know what you're going to do so it's, it's all about like I say you've got, you've got to know the person crossing the ball and you've got to go for it yeah. I, think, I think you're right Nick I think a little bit about it's playing to Janssen's strength. He's, he's not Harry Kane. He's not the same player. It's not as if we've just um, got Harry Kane Mark II that just slots in when, when Kane's injured. He's a different player. So it's up to the players um, and the coaching team to... Well, up to the players, ultimately, to adapt to that. And at the moment, we're not... We haven't got, got done that yet. Um, Shane Sanders, um, his Twitter handle is at Shaney Sanders, says... And I think this is directed at me. Um, after we drew against West Brom, you said it was all Tony Pulis's game. Everyone struggles. City ju- and he goes on to say City just beat them four 0 So what are we missing? Um, well, City have got a very good record against West Brom. I think they've won their last nine matches. Um, look, I think I, I still maintain. I think I think t- Tony Pulis's teams are difficult to play against and historically we, we found we found that difficult whether that be um, uh, for us or for uh, against West Brom or, or when he was managing Stoke um, yeah City won there 4-0 but I'm sure there'll be other teams that City will, will, will play that will, that will frustrate City um, as for what, what we're missing <sighs> difficult we, we, we murdered West Brom in that first half. Yeah, we absolutely murdered them. The ball just didn't go in. City got an early goal yesterday. You know, if, if we had scored in the first twenty minutes or so, we probably would have ran away with that match. Foster had, you know, played a blinder, and it, City was just a different game, different players. You know, it just didn't. It didn't happen for us against mm. West Brom. That's probably the the hardest. A drawer of them all to take for me because we slaughtered them. It just didn't happen for us. Ben it's Foster, really unfortunate. Yeah, like Foster played a key for plays like Abby Skid against the Shocker, and they've got Sergio Aguero. I mean, there's little differences not there, but <laughs> you know, the guy, the guy's a goal scorer, and we created and missed, and Foster was outstanding. It was just unfortunately for us, it was a bit. Um, and by the second half, again, they just come. They're a better team. Well, not a bad team, but. They put. They asked a few more questions second half, but like Mark said, if we'd got an early goal, um, we probably would have run out, run out comfortable winners in that game. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, a couple more questions just around West Brom and, and, and our form in general. Greg Taylor, is anybody truly worried? 
he go he says yes we haven't lost yet yes we've drawn yes again but we're operating with clipped wings when Harry okay again not only our main striker but one of the best strikers in the Premier League and Toby the best centre back in the Premier League best haircut in the Premier League I should add um, come back I believe we'll turn many draws into wins we'll have more opportunity to mix and match with a stronger match day squad um, he's right in terms of yeah we, we know Kane and Toby are um, uh, integral parts um, players within our squad and hopefully it will be different when they come back um, the fact is we've still only had gained three points from impossible nine are we worried can we turn the corner I mean how, how do you all feel um, I mean we obviously Toby's a quality defender and we're obviously missing him uh, as the quality player he is, but we're not conceding goals isn't the problem. It's a uh, scorer at the moment. Uh, are we missing Harry Kane? Well, obviously, yes, we are. Um, but um, I don't want us to rush Kane back in though, because and then he gets injured again. It's like we 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 need something. There's something missing, but I don't think bringing them two back is going to make massive difference at the moment I think it's a confidence thing the team just ain't really confident at the moment in my opinion but but do you think they can turn it around I mean that's the thing I mean it's it's, it's 10 games I, I hear a lot of Spurs fans just writing writing us off on the basis of one two now 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 three draw, draws we can turn it around I think we've got the ability in the squad to turn it around and I fully believe in the management and the players to turn it around but like it's just a bit of a dodgy period at the moment but the longer it goes on the less the confidence is confidence goes um, so yeah it'd be nice to get Kane and Alderweireld back uh, that will give a modern boost to the fans um, yeah, I oh, lost you there Mick hello hello I, right. um, I, I lost you briefly lost you briefly I'm just uh, yeah I think we can turn it around I think we've got the ability in the squad just the results rather than later. Mark? Yeah, I, I think we can turn it around definitely. I mean, I've got no no doubts about that at all. But um, as for missing those players, you know, I'm missing Toby for the reason that I want to free Dyer up. Now, Dyer, I'm a big fan of Dyer, but Dyer has not had a good start to the season. He's been off form. He's He's starting to find his feet and he's starting to improve in the last two, three games. But I would like to see Dyer and Dembele put back in the middle. Mm. That was our that was our midfield partnership last season. They were the ones. And Wanyama's been great. I'm not saying he hasn't. But, you know, I just want to see how the team would go if we get Dyer and Dembele back in tandem in the middle and see what happens then. And we get Toby back. And Lamella, yeah. And I mean, Lamella, you know, Erickson, get... Ali and Kane. Basically the str- strongest, exactly. te- strongest team from last year. Exactly. I mean, let's, let's just, I'm interested to see what would happen there. You know, mm. but definitely Toby Toby comes back, we've got more options. You know, the, the bench looked weak yesterday, it did. But we yeah. still didn't utilise it either in a game where we weren't doing so well. As we said earlier with... 
not bringing on Nkudu early enough and not possibly bringing on Trippier to give us that extra edge. So, yeah, we can definitely, we definitely can improve. We know we can. We know we're just kind of, at the moment, it kind of feels like we're shadow boxing a little bit, but we got to start punching pretty soon. It's going to happen. I think I think on Dyer he needs to go back to having that skinhead haircut he had, uh, sort of number one all over. Um, I think that that'll that'll do him good. I think he he needs to be a bit more menacing. Yeah, you got a real you got a real yeah. Samson type theory when it goes on with football, ain't you? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Years and years and years ago, Harry Kuehl played for Leeds and Liverpool. When he was at Leeds, he was a really good player, right? And he had his hair all short, number one, right? And then he then then he when he was at Liverpool, he had it long and he had a little ponytail and he was sort of fanning around. Um, and uh, he wasn't the same player. He wasn't. He was a freak. He was a free transfer mercenary bastard anyway. Yeah, so that's true. Uh, just for final question around all of this, um, uh, uh, recent games, Connor Manetto from Chicago says, um, George and Kundu, Lamella and Son are the only players to take, take on defenders, open up sp- space and create chances in this manner. When a club puts 10 behind the ball, um, or play on the counter, and you see players like Wanyama, Dembele and Eriksen and Delhi pass backwards and switch the point and repeat. What do you think? I think it's been a bit harsh on Ericsson and, and Ali because I think they they do look for the forward pass. Ali Ali's getting swarmed this season. Have you not noticed? He's getting swarmed by uh, midfielders, defenders, right up his arse most games. He's they're really teams are really trying to you know, they're scared of him and really nervous about him so. Ali's got that that quickness of feet and that touch that can unlock unlock teams and set other runners off. But he's he's got pace too. I I wouldn't say that. And Ericsson's just the same. I mean, we've got plenty of players that can do all of this. Mainly through the the intelligence and their skill, not just about pace. Okay. Yeah, I mean. I think I think it's been, this is more to do with the fact that teams come to our place and put memory on the ball and defend. We've had we've had problems with over the last two or three years. It's not much has changed really. We seem to struggle against teams. Teams want to play against us. We're, we're fine with, but teams want to sit back and you know rarely venture forward or just counter attack and memory on the ball. We still struggle with. So um, I don't know what the answer is, but um, yeah, uh, it's just. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, that's what it is. OK, uh, let's just move on. Um, briefly, um, we played Liverpool in the middle of the week in the EFL. We lost. Anything anybody wants to add? <laughs> I, can't re- I can't really add anything because the coverage here got totally screwed up and I missed pretty much mm. probably you- about 50, 50, 60 minutes of the game. And you couldn't give a two shits about the competition. No, no, don't fair, care. At fair all. enough, Nick. <laughs> no, it was, if we got four priorities, that was basically number four, yeah. and I understand why. Put the kids out, and I've got like, on that cup. I've got no problem with that at all. Um, he's probably found out a lot about the players that need game time. Are they good enough? And he's probably thinking a couple of them. Maybe Carroll. No, he's not. So in that respect, yeah. he's probably. 
probably learned a lot that game, I would have thought. Mm. Yeah, um, it's, as you say, it's, it's not the most of all four competitions. It's not the most um, important of, of them. Of course, it'd be nice to go all the way. Of course, it'd be nice nice to get to the cup final, win trophy. And of course, the more if, more involved if we were in that competition, it would have been more opportunities for, for the young players. But um, it's not meant to be. Um, that's that. Um, Leverkusen next Wednesday, and then North London derby the week today. Um, thoughts, predictions, Nick? If I come to you, uh, Leverkusen. I've, I think we'll run out two one winners. One, I think we'll get back from uh, the Woolwich away. I'm not that confident. Uh, I'll be honest. Um, I've got a horrible feeling we're going to lose. And I hope I'm wrong, but I think Arsenal are actually on actually on fire, and our confidence is a bit, yeah. So, if, if well, I'll, I'll take a point now, and that's not been negative. I just think that um, mm. I'm slightly worried. Let's put it that way. Mr. Stoll, um, Leverkusen, probably. I don't think we'll lose either a narrow win or, or another draw. I think just Wembley's <laughs> Wembley's just difficult for us. I think I'd like I'd love us to win there just to really set Wembley off finally. But I'm not too sure about that. As for the North London derby, well, form goes out the window with those games. We've seen that before, so. And we've been probably the better team in most of the recent games as well. So I don't think we're going to lose that. I think it's it's come at a good time and it's going to fire us up. So I'm not going to say we're going to win either because I don't want to jinx it, but I don't think we're going to lose. Um, I think, a bit like you, I think the um, Leverkusen game... I think because it's Wembley, it's not really our home. Um, we're getting used to it. It'll be a bit, bit different next season because we'll be playing there every other week. Um, have more time to get accustomed to it. Um, I think we'll end up drawing that match, which I think is fine at this point. Um, I think it's going to come down to the last two matches. I think Monaco away and then... Funny enough, I can see us actually going there and getting a result of some sort, and then obviously CSK at home. So I think I think we draw. Um, Arsenal now they are in good form. Um, they were unbeaten in 13 or something like that. Um, now with every run, with every run, it's always going to come to an end. Like for example, you know um, we're unbeaten at some point over the course of the season. It might be next week. It might be who knows. We'll probably lose a match, right? Um, and uh, yeah, yesterday we, we conceded first first goal, goal from open play in the Premier League. That was going to happen at some point. So Arsenal, at some point, they're going to lose. Okay, And I'm going to tell you this right here, right now. They're going to lose next week to us. Um, and it's going to be 6-0 to us. And Ozil's eyes are going to pop out. Um, <laughs> and again? Again. Now they're actually going to pop out and, and, and roll onto the pitch and then... And, Dyer's just going to stamp. Really Dyer's going to stamp on on his on his on his on his eyes on his eye socket with his studs, and there's going to be claret all over the place. So yeah, six nil um, to us. Right. So here's Bex with this week's um, ladies update. 
Hello, it's Bex, just to um, keep you informed as to what the Spurs ladies are up to this week. Today's game was a resounding 4-0 win. It doesn't matter what these girls do, they just can't, or who they're playing, they just can't seem to stop scoring. So today's game was a league fixture against CK Basildon, um, and that was away at Basildon. So scorers are the very lovely Ronelle Humes, Wendy Martin got one, Bianca Baptiste got one, and followed it up by... With a goal from Cheryl Williams. It's really important to go and support the girls at the moment. They are absolutely on fire. They've scored so many goals this season. They're just pushing aside all their opposition. Today's big thing was the fans that were there watching them were singing Wendy Martin, she, she scores when she wants, which I think is really nice. So go and see them. The next scheduled match for the girls is next weekend. Um, the fixture list has that as being a league game. I know everybody's going to be watching the men's game, but seriously, it's worth following the girls on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. They actually play in a cup game. They play against Gillingham Ladies. I think that's a two o'clock kickoff. Like I've said before, information is kind of sketchy and hard to get hold of. The fixture list hasn't been updated and neither is the league table at the moment. But just keep an eye on the girls. They're scoring. It's a novelty in a Spurs shirt at the moment. So... um. If you can, at least give them a follow on Insta or Facebook or Twitter. As usual, if you've got any questions, I am on Twitter at Bunches Bex or you can contact me via the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast Facebook page. I think I've said that right. Um, and that's me done for now. Thanks. Bye-bye. Right, welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Thank you, Bex, as ever. Uh, let's finish off with a few questions, a few more questions. Right, um, Lee Marston 81 says, Will... Potch rush Kane back or slowly bring him in as we need goals the talk is he might be back for next Sunday might would you play him uh, no I'd I'd have him on the bench but I wouldn't start him mm. well, Pochettino does have a tendency to not rush injured players back into the team. Um, and try to make sure that they're fully, fully recovered from their injury, and then when that when he does bring them back, he normally does um, bring them from the bench. And then I mean, the except one exception to that was was um, for Tongan last yeah. season. Yeah, but I suppose it's different with a defender. You can't, you don't have, you don't normally have a defender on the bench other than. If a player gets injured, you don't sort of bring them in, as it were. Whereas you might with a striker or a midfield player, you might bring them off the bench to change a game or to give them a run out or whatever. But you don't really do that with centre-back. So that, that was the exception. Um, I think that if Kane is fully fit well, or fairly fit um, by next Sunday, and given his track record against Arsenal, and given the fact there'll be lots of adrenaline, um, I think he'll start the match. I don't think he'll finish the game, but I think he'll... He'll start and last an hour. But we shall see. I mean, we certainly... We could do with his goals and I think his presence as well. And I think he, he's, he's just got such a good record against against the scum. Um, but we shall see. Uh, John Steggles, how far away are we from last season's form? Uh, which part of last season's form? The last four games or the rest of the season? Um it's hard to say uh, how far away we are. Um, I don't know what you want in percentages. Well, we're, we're, 
Okay, so uh, we're three points better off um, than this time last season. Last season, um, after ten matches. Uh, corresponding look, fixture wise. Corresponding fixture wise, I don't know. Probably have to ch- check check that out. I, some somewhere I read that if you look at the corresponding fixtures and if you substitute Middlesbrough, who are promoted for Newcastle, who are relegated, we're two points better off. But I haven't no. I haven't checked and verified verified that. But I did read that somewhere. Um, the thing is, last season you, you're talking about 38 matches over the whole of the season. Some of which, you know, for the first 10, we, we, we drew a lot, a lot more than now. We have slightly less points than we did. And then we had a purple patch in the middle. We're doing really, really well. That got got us into a position with, what, 12 games left, where we were at one point only two points behind Leicester. But then it, we sort of, we dropped a few points here and there towards the end and two points became five and seven. And yeah, let's not go, go down that road. So, that's that's the whole of last season. It's difficult to we we can only we can measure the first ten matches against the last ten the first ten from last season. Um, we're certainly not if you if you take the best point of last season. If you take take the I don't know Stoke City away match or uh, Norwich away. I was there with you, Nick. Um, Man City away. Some of those high points from last season. We haven't shown that enough so far this season on a consistent basis. Yeah, Man City at home, Stoke away were impressive, but um, we've, yeah, we've looked without looking spectacular. We've, yeah. we've shown we've shown a couple of games, but compared to last season's form, that purple patchish period, we're a bit we're short from that. That's true. We yeah. are, but points wise, we're better off. So yeah. and that, that that purple patch period may may yet to, may, may yet come so if it if it if it does come and if it puts us back in a position where come i don't know exactly like last season if come february march we are within you know where we were last season which was at one point it was two points it was two points behind leicester and it was going in end of feb beginning of march before that west ham match and i think they they drew they drew against west brom and went three points ahead and then we we played the spammers and if we'd if we'd beaten them, we would have gone level on points, but we would have, we would have gone top with a better goal difference going into that North London derby. So, yeah, if 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 we have a purple patch to come, um, and find ourselves um, in a good position come February March with whatever it is a dozen games left, then I wouldn't argue with that. I'll take that right now. I agree. Uh, Jacob Cox I think Ali and Ericsson playing together is, is hurting us I feel better when it's Son on the left, Lamella on the right and one of Ericsson and Ali central, how does everyone else feel? Um, I'm not seeing that at all no I'm not seeing that at all I would never have Son on the pitch over Ali or Ericsson just just wouldn't do it. Son's too too greedy on the ball and just can be completely out of games and lost. And almost seems to me like he can only really manage 70 minutes before his legs go as well. Um, no, I don't see that at all. I think they both fit in perfectly. Look at last season. Didn't hurt us last year, did it? No. 
they can they can all play. So yeah, that's that's a, you know that's it. That's Jacob's point. Um, I'd like to see Ali in the number ten role. I think he plays better there. Um, Ericsson's a bit off the ball. Maybe he could rotate them around. But Son at the moment, yeah, no, no, not for me. No, just no at the moment. He's he's form is disappeared. I would, yeah, I I. I don't I sort of I can see what Jacob's saying in the sense that Lamella and um, Son give you I was going to say width but they don't really really give you width but they, they they give you they're probably better out wide and they can run at players and so forth but um, particularly Son but um, I think like we said earlier Mark I'd quite like to see Dembele and Dyer. Um, that's not a ref- you know, but when Yama will, um, he will play a lot of games. He he will, but there'll come a point in time where he'll probably need a rest or, or needs to rotate it. So I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Dyer and Dembele, and then that three from last season restored of Lamella, Eriksson, and and Ali, um, and a- Ali in the hole, sort of in the number ten position, and then Kane up top. Um, that's that's my preference. Um, Follow on from that, Richard Healy says, "Who's better, Delhi or Ericsson? Different, different players. It's, it's a hard one to call them too because Delhi Ali's got the ability to be kind of box to box midfielder, and Christian Ericsson is more of a clinical, slinky, passy sort of player. So it's hard to judge on two different players, in my opinion. Different players, different age. I mean." Ericsson does a hell of a lot of stuff that people don't know. It's pe- uh, there's still a lot of our fans that just look at Ericsson for free kicks, you know, and and mainly free kicks and dead balls and a little bit and goals here and there. He does he brings a hell of a lot more to the mm. team than than just that with his his movement, his his awareness, his his eye for a pass. I mean, it's. He's a great player. He really is, and Ali's still coming through. I mean, Ali could have, Ali could have ten goals already this season if it was going his way. He really could. I still expect him to finish the season with twelve to fifteen goals easily. So uh, let, let, let me let me spin the question another way. Um, we've got a, a richness of talent in terms of you know. Ali, Ericsson, Son, um, who you're a big fan of, Mark, um, Lamella, Sissoko, and Kundu. Uh, you know, even even depending on the formation you play, if you go with one holding player and say Wanyama, um, and then play four across the midfield, then Dembele, he'd, he'd be playing further up, you throw him in the mix. So it's quite a lot of players there. If you had to not pick somebody and. Um, Assuming that Mark Son is the first name on the team issue for you because you you love him so much, uh, but somebody has to give, would you drop Ericsson or would you drop, drop would you would you drop Delhi? I don't know. I really don't know. That's a tough one. I see. See. Ali, Ericsson and Lamella are pretty much in the same 
of the same importance to us. So it would probably depend on the opposition. Mm. I'd imagine if it was a tougher, if it was a tougher, more physical opposition, then I would play Ali over Ericsson, more than likely. If it's a a, a football playing team, then I'd probably go with Ericsson. So more well, often than not. Okay. So you'd have, if everybody's fit and available, in an ideal world, you'd have Lamella, Ericsson and Delhi, and as much as it breaks you, um, you'd drop Sun. Yes. Yeah. It um, would be really, it would re- it'd be really not tough at all. Sun, <laughs> Sun, Sun, Sun is a sub for me. He's a substitute. I think, I think you've got secret man crush on Sun. I think you've got poster of him on your wall. Oh yeah. It might be him, it might be somebody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> next, similar sort of thing. You mentioned you, you, you like Delhi in the hole in the sort of number 10 role. Um, if yeah. you had, was, that, you... A, was that Adele in the hole or Delhi? <laughs> <laughs> would you. <laughs> would, you um, would you. Would you go for Ericsson or Delhi in that role? Uh, we're talking right now, I think yeah. Ericsson's problem is. Not great, so I would go for Delhi right now. Um, okay. That's just on the current form. I don't think Ericsson this season has been anywhere near his level best. He's had a couple of flashes, but like he's getting back to form. But I don't think he's, I don't think his form has been that great. Mm. Um, so I would go for Delhi at the moment, but that's just purely the current form. Okay. Final question. Um, I mean, in fact, it's one from your good self, Nick, that, that we asked last week on on the pod, um, and you asked. If you could be any Spurs player, past or present, who would you be? I'll come to you first, Nick. Um, I would be Graham Roberts. Two reasons. One, to pick up a European trophy while laying in front of your own fans must be the best thing ever. And two, for kicking Charlie Nicholas up the arse and sending him over the North Bank in the North London derby. I would love to have done that. Oh. So, grab for this remote. There's a... So if you if you if you um, Google it if you look I think it's Graham Roberts and and Arsenal I don't know what the search criteria is anyway it's a, it's a YouTube clip it's a really bad VHS clip and I think it's from a North London derby 1985 it might have been at Highbury and Roberts scores and then when he scores he goes up he goes towards the Arsenal fans and he gives it a one finger salute which is just lovely see class you can't beat it. Mark. Um, he can't say son. I know so, I can't. Or want to. Um, I'm going to say Paul Walsh. And the okay. reason why I would be Paul Walsh was after we won the FA Cup in 1991, me and my mate went along to the uh, Cup Parade the next day. And uh, Ray Clements' daughter was on the coach and she was pretty fucking tasty and apparently Walsh's whole falling out and his fight with Clements was over the fact that he was having a crack at Clements's daughter so I would be Paul Walsh because I wouldn't mind a go at Clements's daughter myself that's, that's right because um, I remember that he he punched he punched um, yeah they had a fight and, and he had a black eye and then, and then Walsh was dropped and then he came back in the team. He was restored in the team for a cup winners' cup tie against the, I can't remember if it was either Hajak Split or Porto. About ninety one, ninety two, 
Um, I'm just Googling mm-hmm. Ray Clements' daughter. Um, I mean, this was in 91. Just to verify what you said. It was from a distance too, but yeah, she looked pretty tidy to me. She was a blondie. Yeah, I went to Cup Raider there, yeah, yeah. Takes you back. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Walsh though. Walsh was a good player. Patrick won game and got dropped the next game. It was like... <laughs> Yeah, he was a good little player, Walsh. I remember we were playing Norwich in the League Cup one game, but, um, and they were one nil up, and they were like time wasting twenty minutes into the game. It was really bad, and Walsh came on as a sub late in the game and scored one, and then we scored late and ended up winning two one. It was fantastic. He always had a lot of energy about him. He was a good little player. Was a good. It was a cracking little player. Always positive, always going at the opposition. I'm still googling. No, I found I found a, a tweet from Ray Clement saying, "Have a look at my daughter's website. Great designer jewellery for Christmas presents." Um, but I can't find any images of Ray. Mark. What have you done? Now I'm just going to be on the one. internet looking and looking and searching oh, yeah. for Ray Clement. I bet you. I've heard she's got safe hands like her dad. <laughs> <laughs> right on that note um next week recording the next podcast um a week today um sunday afternoon evening whatever um after the north london derby um my guests will be bex and david fornell um back on the pod um thank you nick cheers thank you very much thank you mark thank you Right, we're all off to Google Ray Clements' daughter. Um, my name's Jav. <laughs> this has been the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Um, the future's bright. The future's Lily White. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather around and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.